podcast land. You are set to dial once again to Combat Sports with Rhino, episode 160. Our guest a little bit later on going 10 rounds with Rhino. Oh, it's a good one, fam. LFA lightweight, Manny the Dragon Muro. He is so engaging. What a wonderful guy to talk to. I can't wait for you guys to check that one out. So, our intro on our schedule is as follows. We are going to have a little bit of like a Rhino Gang roundup from Invicta FC 51 that took place in Denver this past Wednesday because there was lots of Rhino Gang fighters on that card. We're, of course, going to have our full UFC 283 breakdown, our drop of the night, some amazing Q&A with the Rhino Gang, plus the aforementioned Manny Moreau. He is so fucking cool. I can't wait for you guys to check that one out. So, without further ado, APB. Let's go ahead and get our swim trucks and our flippy floppies on and dive right in. So our Rhino Gang roundup, yee-haw! <laughs> I love it. Is, uh, from Invicta FC 51. Our first fight that we had for one of our uh, fighters was Katie Saul fighting Rayanne Amanda. And Katie was a very tough fight, close fight. Katie actually ended up losing by UD in that one. Moving into 135, we had Claire Grizzly Guthrie beating Autumn Norton by unanimous decision at 135 pounds. And then, holy shit, the fight of the whole card was our girl Serena DeJesus versus Olga Rubin. I mean, you want to talk about a barn burner. These two were amazing in there. They really brought the violence. Ended up being a UD for Olga Rubin in a very close, really, really entertaining fun fight. So big shout-out to Serena and Olga for that one at 135. So that was our Rhino Gang roundup for uh, Invicta FC 51. All right, let's get into the meat of the matter, as they like to say around here. So this is going to be UFC 283, which came from Brazil yesterday slash last night, depending on where you are. Our first fight was Daniel Marcos beating Simon Oliveira at 135 pounds with a TKO in the second. And a beautiful finishing sequence, especially, duty. It was like two hard knees to the body, which kind of crumpled Oliveira, have him going down. He hit him a few more times on his way down. But, yeah, Daniel Marcos, beautiful finish over Simon Oliver in that one. Moving into 145, we had Zahara Fairn versus Josie Nunez. This one was two different fights, dude. The first four minutes of the first round, Zahara, who was a foot taller than Josie <laughs> and way bigger and stronger, um, was staying on the outside, using her jab, using some uppercuts, keeping distance, doing a great job. And that last minute of the first round, it seemed like Josie kind of figured out Hey, look, dude, I got to get in there and fucking throw from close. So she was throwing superwoman punches. She was throwing big winding hooks. And some were landing and some weren't. But literally from that point forward, it seemed like Josie would wait in the, you know, wait back, wait back, and then flurry. And when she would flurry, she did a great job. She was hitting Farron a whole bunch of times. Ended up getting the unanimous decision in that one at 145 pounds. She definitely needs to move back to 135 because <laughs> you don't want to face somebody who's a foot taller and like 20 pounds heavier anymore. All right. Let's get into 170 pounds with Nicholas Dalby versus Warley Alves. Like, this was a great fight. This one kind of got slept on because of some of the other great finishes that we had on the night. But like, Nicholas Dalby and Alves. Yeah, they really went to war. I know there wasn't like huge crushing shots that guys were getting dropped or really badly opened up or anything, but you want to talk about like consistently high pace, fucking returning fire on each other. This was the fight. Dalby was throwing those beautiful jabs and one twos. Worley was throwing more of the harder, bigger shots. Um, there was a couple of takedowns exchanged, really, really high level stuff. Nicholas Dalby, I thought, won all three rounds, but it was pretty close. But it ended up being a split decision for Dalby, but at least the right guy won at 175 170 pounds. And he's on a really good win streak right now, so we have to keep an eye on him. 
Okay, so we're going to get this next one, which was an amazing fucking KO, dude. Terrence McKinney, who obviously is Rhino Gang, but on our show, he's going out there with UFC debuter Israel Bonfim. One half of what we'll know probably from here on out be known as the night the Bonfim brothers came on the scene. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And Israel Bonfim, I mean, fucking through this switch flying knee that hit Terrence right in the fucking chin and neck and put him <laughs> out, out to where he kissed face the planted. canvas. Yes. He did? He pissed? Well, I mean, he kissed the canvas. You know, like, so his face hit first. That's what that means. Oh, I thought you meant he, like, peed his pants. No, kiss with a K. Oh, kiss. kiss. <laughs> he said he pissed. I thought he said he pissed the canvas. I was like, no, he didn't. <laughs> Might have. Well, he was wearing yellow shorts, so they probably could have hit it anyway. But yeah, I know he kissed, kissed, okay, kissed. the canvas. So yeah, Israel Bonfim, uh, first round KO, or was it second round? Second round. KO. Second round. Yeah, second round KO over Terrence McKinney at 155. Wow, what a fucking shot. All right, moving into our fifth fight, which was Cody Stamen versus Luan. Lacerda and okay so Cody Stamen was really on his bike a lot on this one he was really moving around he was kind of Dom cruising it if you will kind of sticking and moving uh Luan was trying to throw some big body kicks which he landed some uh landed a few nice leg kicks Cody was really kind of stick move 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 stick move 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 he would plant sometimes and throw some really nice ripping body shots which I think is what ended up giving him the edge in the end. I did not like that last 30 seconds of the third round where he just kind of stayed away and kind of, you know, cruised to the fucking, uh, he got the victory. He got the decision. But again, I thought it was close enough where he shouldn't have fucking taken that whole second half of the third round off pretty much and just stayed away. But he did get the UD in that one over Luan Lacerda. Uh, so a big one for Cody, Cody Stamen at 135 pounds. Moving into our sixth fight and possibly the, I'm not going to say the coming out party, but like uh, the 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 narrative has been that Jailton Almeida is going to be an amazing 205 pound guy moving forward. He has decided to stay at heavyweight for now, and he fought the very tough Shamil Abdul Rachmanov, and Jailton Almeida toyed with him. You want to talk about a guy who was giving up 30 pounds, uh, a guy who was giving up uh, an incredible amount of experience. Jailton Almeida took Shamil Abdul Rachmanov down. Over and over again. And when he felt like it, started landing some really hard ground and pound and ended up finishing the fight. So in the second round, TKO, Jailton Almeida over Shamil Abdul-Rachmanov. Holy shit, Jailton Almeida is going to be a star. You know it. I know it. We all know it. He really might do the Daniel Cormier where he wins the 205-pound and the 265-pound championship down the road. Holy shit, huge upside for this young man, and I'm all for it. All right, moving into Munir Lazaz versus the other Bonrim. I'm sorry, yeah, versus the other Bonrim brother, Gabriel Bonrim. What, what does it say, dude? This fight lasted 48 seconds or whatever. <laughs> like they exchanged a little bit. Munir Lazaz tried to, you know, tried to shoot a double leg. Uh, Gabriel flipped him over, put him on a guillotine, and choked him out. I mean, just that quickly. It was amazing. So Gabriel Bonfi or Bonrim, what is it? Yeah, it's Bonfim, right? Bon, Bonfim? I don't know. Yeah, Bonfim, I hope we're saying that right. Yeah, he got the beautiful uh, submission in the first round in that one. All right, moving into our eighth fight, we had Thiago Moises versus, oh, Mel, Mel Quizel Costa? We're just going to call him Costa because I don't want to butcher his name. <laughs> so, Thiago is just, he's such a grinder, dude. He definitely, uh, he got some nice takedowns. He had some nice punches and kicks, and then he fucking slapped on. 
that rear naked choke um, in the second round, getting getting rid of Costa, getting him out of there at 155. All right, moving into our ninth fight, we had, holy shit, the, the upset of the night, I think. Bruno Fijeda coming in on a couple weeks' notice, facing Robocop Rodriguez, and then we're just going to get to the end, which was they were exchanging. Um, Bruno put his back up against the cage and then threw a fucking straight left hand straight down the pipe, hit Gregor Rodriguez on the chin, put him down and out. Incredible KO in the first round for Bruno I did not Fijeda. No, that was going to go like that. <laughs> I did not expect that. Nobody did, dude. I don't even think Bruno <laughs> and his team did. Like, that was incredible. <laughs> Because Rodriguez has looked really good most, you know, his last two fights, and yeah, he needs to move his head though. He was just standing right there the whole time. I think he always does. I think it's kind of his thing. He's like, oh, I don't care. well, but maybe not anymore. Right. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not anymore. <laughs> All right, so yeah, first round KO for Bruno Fajeda in that one. Moving into our tenth fight, which was uh, hard to say. It's hard to see a legend go. It's hard to see a pride never yeah. die fighter. Get in there and take uh, take some lumps. But Ihor Poteria and the legend that is Shogun Hua, they get out there. Let Shogun landed a nice left hook that kind of got the action started. Um, and then, unfortunately, when they were engaging, a short right hand really hurt and put Shogun on skates. Uh, Ihor you know, kept the pressure on him and finished him off. Um, and so he got TKO in the first round at 205 pounds. Shogun Hua is one of the true pillars of mixed martial arts, uh, you know, yes. he, he turned pro in 2002. So we're talking wow. about a 21-year career. He's been high level. He was, you know, he's been the champion of the UFC, champion of Pride Grand Prix. So, yeah, all due respect to him. I hope he finds something else that he loves to do and then is relaxing and easy on his body because he deserves it. I yeah, know a lot he of does. Talking about, a lot of people were talking about Ihor's dance afterwards being disrespectful. I actually didn't even see that, you know, until today. Yeah, I, I thought it was. I thought it was. <clears throat> But yeah, I definitely, it. dude. You can you don't do you don't do celebrations like that on the retirement fight of a legend. So, I mean, probably just young, dumb, and made a poor choice. And hopefully, uh, you know, he apologizes for it. We can move on from there. All right, let's get into Paul Craig. Paul Craig, oh, Johnny Walker. <laughs> uh, one other fight that did not go the way that I thought was. Gonna yeah, be. <laughs> total opposite of what I thought. Total opposite. <laughs> so essentially, Paul Craig shoots for a single leg, pulls it up like to his waist high. Where he's looking at six foot six Johnny Walker right in front of him, and Johnny Walker starts wailing him with left hands, going back and forth with him, really busting him up. And then as they're going to Paul's going to the ground, he's holding onto the leg and keeping his face and head completely exposed. And Johnny Walker just keeps nailing him with fucking hammer fists. And finally, Paul Craig starts wilting and crumbling, and the referee has to stop the fight because he refused to defend his face. From getting punched by Johnny Walker, so Johnny Walker got to fucking TKO. Uh, was, and, and what the fuck? We got a couple of questions about that one later, so we'll we'll dive into that a little bit further as we go. Um, all right, let's get into holy shit. Probably the most one-sided ass whipping that I've seen in a long time. Jessica Andrade versus Lauren <laughs> Miller at 125 pounds. Holy shit! Like I don't even want to get into too many of the details, but basically, leg kicks early. Kind of put Laura Murphy in a compromised position with her leg was really beat up and chewed up. And then just again, draws kind of like switched weapons and felt like punching her in the face for the next few rounds. I mean, just over and over and How over again. How many strikes did she end up throwing? Do you know? I didn't look. It was a lot. I'm gonna I roughly like, How is she not tired? I'm going to say roughly 1.5 million. I'm going to say we're in a ballpark. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> it was just, she was like it was like when you play a video game and she was spamming the A button like it was just <laughs> insane amount of strikes thrown insane amount of strikes strikes landed 
Um, you know, a lot of people were talking about how Lauren Murphy's corner should have stopped it. Her husband's in her corner. Um, you know, so I didn't yeah, think I, I didn't think they should stop it because I don't think that's what she would want. And she wasn't cut. I mean, she was swollen, but she wasn't cut. She didn't ever look like she was about to get knocked out. I mean, she was just getting beaten up. But I mean, it was kind of hard to watch. But I mean, I don't think she would have wanted it to be stopped personally. No, that's kind of what we talk about a little later on in one of uh, one of our questions for the for the Rhino Gang forum. So, but yeah, dude, Jessica Andrade has probably never looked better. <clears throat> completely dominant, you know, I would say even maybe 10-9 the first round, and the next two probably 10-8 rounds. Um, just really lit up Lauren Murphy. Chewed up her leg, chewed up her face, just an incredible performance at 125 pounds. All right, let's move into the Gilbert Burns versus Neil Magny fight. Yes, and- <laughs> so satisfying and, and on, a, on a number of levels. So Gilbert Burns pretty much was kicking Neil Magny's ass. Uh, they go to the ground at about 4.15, so just about 45 seconds before the end of the first round. He slaps on that arm triangle, submits Neil Magny. Gilbert Burns, another first-round victory in his career over the very tough Neil Magny. Neil Magny has a yeah. million wins in the UFC. And Gilbert Burns, you know, went right through him like a hot knife through butter. And first-round uh, submission, dude, incredible. Incredible performance by Gilbert Burns. What do you All think right. about his – I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I wanted to know, what do you think of his call-out of Colby Covington? I thought that was pretty cool. I don't know if Colby wants to fight ever again anybody because you haven't heard a thing <laughs> from him in months and months and months. That's true. Um, you know, I, you know, everyone knows how much I loathe Colby. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's why I, like. I wanted to know too. Yeah, I've, I, but my worry is this: Gilbert can put on a great fight. Gilbert can handle really good top tier fighters. Colby's pressure can only be beaten by like the best of the best, and so Gilbert Burns can beat him. Yes. And do I think it's probably like a 50-50 fight? I do. Um, my concern is that I don't feel like I did, like I did with um, with Kamaru. I was like, I was just sure he was going to beat Colby the fuck up. And I felt really <laughs> confident and good about that. Gilbert would kind of be like a 50-50 fight just because of Colby's incredible forward pressure. Um, I would love to see that fight, though. I think it'd be really entertaining. And I hope it does happen because I think it's a great I think it's a great call out. And I would love to see it. What about you? What's your thoughts? Um, I, I agree with everything that, that you're saying. And I agree that, that Colby's pressure would definitely be the thing that could make, um, Burns lose. But I mean, I don't know. I think, I think Burns could get him in the slick submission. I do. Oh, I would, I would love to see that shit for sure. APB. Yeah. All right. Let's go to our first of the two title fights from last night. We had our 125 pound belt on the line. Brandon Moreno versus Davidson Figueredo from the quadrilogy. Now the fourth time they had fought. <laughs> <clears throat> Davidson looked a little bit out of sorts, dude. Like I know really early he got that tight guillotine attempt, right? But you know, Brandon was able to get his way out and then Brandon started to work his jab and his one twos. Uh, Davidson did get him back down and put on that really gnarly heel hook uh, towards yeah. the, end of the first round. F- from that point on for the next two rounds, it was really Brandon Moreno, dude. Brandon was kind of getting in and out. He was landing his shit. Um, again, I love that Moreno jab. It is so fast and it is so crisp. It is a really good range finder, too, to whether he's going to throw a leg kick or a body kick or another punch. So that jab is just such a high-level weapon that Brandon Moreno uses, and he used it really well last night against Davidson. He was outlanding him like 3-1 to one in strikes, and then he laid up a really beautiful left hook um, at the end of the third round, which really – well, that wasn't at the point of the end, but towards the end of the third round, which really hurt Davidson Figueredo's eye, swole it up. Um, in between rounds between three and four, the doctor stopped the fight. So Brandon Moreno wins via TKO, regains 125 pound belt 
And holy shit, those of us who are big Brandon Moreno fans truly oh, rejoice. So it excited. Was so exciting. It was so awesome. We love Brandon Moreno, especially yeah. over here at CSWR. Um, James and Figueredo, this is now done. He's moving up to 135. Good luck up there. We got a question about that a little bit later, too. But all kudos and props to Brandon. Uh, Assassin Baby Moreno in the big win last night, regaining the 125 pound belt. All right. Moving into our main event. The 205-pound belt was on the line between Jamal Hill and Glover Teixeira. But, uh, <clears throat> I don't want to put a fucking too fine of a point on this. And I've <clears throat> I prefaced this before in other shows, I think even last week. I do not agree with a lot of things that Jamal Hill says and does. I mean, that's facts. But the overriding feeling is this. He's from Michigan. Well, I'm from Michigan. I love Michigan. I'm a big pro-Michigan guy. He has been on our show. He is the first person from all 160-something people that we've interviewed who has then later become a UFC champion. We have done people who've done Bellator, LFA, um, you know, PFL, but this was our first UFC win or UFC title win from somebody who had the show. So <clears throat> I think it's a pretty cool moment. I think it's pretty neat, and I'm really kind of like stoked for that about about that for the show. As far as the fight actually went, it was Jamal Hill almost. I would say 90% of that fight was Jamal Hill. His ability to maintain range, him landing those one-twos, that left head kick, dude, wobbled Glover, what, three or four different times? How did Glover like, survive all of that is what I Because he's a know. tough motherfucker and he's over 40. He is the toughest guy, <laughs> like, ever. I couldn't believe it. People over 40, we're, we're a different breed, I tell That's you, true. especially in combat sports. So, <laughs> but again, Jamal Hill was just, he was on point all night. Um then he dropped he dropped Glover, but he wasn't able to to finish him. But he landed some really hard ground and pound when he had him down. Glover did get a couple of takedowns. Glover landed some nice shots. There's a really crazy video going around. I think ESPN MMA is what it put it out. Where like Glover, I'm not sorry, but Glover had opened up a cut on Jamal uh, Jamal Hill's head, and then it was just streaming down blood. I think it was right before the fifth round, I think is what it was. And they poured water on Jamal's head and like the water mixed with the blood. So it like a full blood waterfall going down the front <laughs> oh of my face. Gosh. It's a really gnarly video. You got to check it out. APB. Yeah, I haven't and, seen uh, it. But again, as far as the actual in cage fight, Jamal Hill won almost every aspect of this fight. He truly won the unanimous decision that he got over Glover Teixeira. Glover showed nothing but class, not only retirement, but trying to give Jamal his props, walked him to the back. I mean, like, come on, dude. Glover to share is everything that's right with mixed martial arts. And I hope yeah. Jamal Hill um, maybe adjusts some of his ways. Maybe yeah, realizes that having online fights with people is not the best way to spend his time. You know what I mean? And uh, right. I wish him, I wish him well and the wish the best moving forward. Um, we got some great fucking ideas for him as far as uh, what his next fight should be. So, yeah, big ups to Jamal Hill. Big ups to Glover to share on a wonderful career. So, yep, brand new champion, CSWR, Rhino Gang, 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 Jamal, Sweet Dreams Hill. What a night, APB. What a night. About a fucking great fight card. Holy yeah, shit. It was, was great. Awesome. Start it to really finish. Every, every fight was, was pretty amazing. <laughs> it really delivered, dude. And, and again, it's, it's just different. It hits different when you have a long break. And then you have an apex card. It's just kind of meh. And then you get a fucking card like that with a full crowd and, like, just all yeah. the great finishes and the good fights. Yeah, that was really what it was all about last night. All right. So let's go ahead and get into our drops of the night. I think we have different ones. Um, so for me. No, we I'm don't. Going with, I don't think. Oh, we don't. Okay. I'm going with Israel um, Ismail Bonfim over Terrence T-Rex McKinney with that flying knee. 
Holy fuck. That was the best knockout I've seen in a while. I loved it. And I know you love a flying knee and head kicks and stuff like that. So I do. Are you going to go with that one as well? Yeah, yeah. That Yeah, that's the one that I'm going with, too. The Ismail Bonfim with the flying knee. And um, I hope that Terrence McKinney gets his mouthpiece fixed because he kept flying out. And he got hit with that flying knee with no mouthpiece. So hopefully all of his teeth stayed in. They were partying afterwards and shit. Like the two of them, like I think they became friends, kind of. Oh, really? Which, That's cool. Yeah, which I know is weird, but it actually does happen a lot. It's happened several yeah. times in my fight career. Like when you go through an experience like that with somebody, there is something that happens sometimes where you kind of like you become friends, and that's really what's uh, that's happened to me four or five times in my career. But yeah, I think they're friends now, and I think Darren's is okay, which is a good. really good shot that we're all going to be watching for a long time to come in highlight reels. All right, yeah. let's go ahead and get into our Q and A because I thought, and so did APB for until recently. We both thought that it was the, that UFC Vegas 68 was next week. It's not. It's not until uh, February. <clears throat> so no UFC no, next week, so no picks. So we're going to go in and do our Q&A, which we got some awesome ones. So our first one comes from our homie from up in Canada Way, the woodworking master machine himself, the Rage of Sweet Potato. RSP, what do you got for us this week, dude? RSP says, we've discussed siblings in the UFC before. So with the impressive debuts of both Bonfim brothers, what are your early impressions? Which is Valentina and which is Antonia? Who is going to the top and who is riding coattails? So that's such a funny way of fucking posing that question, <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, who's the Valentina? Who's the Antonia? Antonia. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, dude, and you got to understand, that's too small of a sample size um, of seeing them both, right? Like, I'd, I'd never seen either one of them fight before. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to have – I'm going to have – to see at least a couple full fights, you know, not early finishes <clears throat> where I can really kind of get a good assessment because they both fought good fighters last night and they both won in devastating fashion early. So yeah, I, I need a little bit more of a, of a sample size to, uh, to really make an accurate assessment, but you're right in the history of MMA, there have been a lot of siblings and especially in the UFC, there's been a lot of siblings who have come through. And again, it does seem more often than not, that one sibling kind of ascends the level, right? They get into championship level. The other one kind of stays in that lower mid-card area. There, That really does happen a lot of times. So you're right in kind of thinking that might happen again. I, I just need a little bit more to see, buddy, because I'm really kind of high on these kids and uh, looking forward to see what they have in the future. So great question, RSP. Thank you so much, my dude. All right, APB, get your voice ready. This one, next one, is, comes from the big homie, Jimisu. OG, what do you got for us this week, dude? What's going on, you bunch of fucking casuals? <laughs> Brano and the Brano gang. Hope y'all are doing well. This question's so funny. Uh, I have to figure out this voice shit. So hard for me to see my screen when I'm this wasted. Hopefully this is readable. Who would you like to see Jamal and Brandon <laughs> defend their straps against first? Yeah, dude. So oh, and you know, oh, oh, crap! I messed it up. <laughs> and you know, it's always four twenty kids. Peace. I was waiting for that. That's I'm sorry, for. I'm <laughs> slipping. How's that too late? I oh, know. Me too. Fuck. <clears throat> so basically, first for Moreno, I'm going, and we're going to hear this name a couple times more on this show. It's Alexander Pantoja, dude. Um, he's on a three fight winning streak. He has beaten uh, Brandon Moreno twice, both on their season of tough and in the UFC. And he's the best 125er outside of Brandon and Figgy. So for me, it's very clearly Alexander Pantoja, the, the, the story writes itself, right? So for sure. For, for Jamal, that's a little bit tougher because a lot of it is dependent on Yuri. 
if your Pohaska can come back healthy, like in the next six months or so, I want it to be your Pohaska. He never, he never lost his belt. You know what I mean? And he's the rightful owner of that and they should fight for it. If he's not going to be ready or he can't come back at all, you got to let, you got to run Jan versus Magomed on Kalia back, dude. If they, you know, they fought for that draw last time. And so for me, if it's not going to be that, they should run it back. But if it's not, I, I would lean towards Magomed on Kalayev, right? But it should be Yuri Prohaska. And then if it's not going to be Yuri, it should be Jan and Magomed should run it back from their draw to see who gets the, vic- the victory there. And then that person should fight Jamal Hill um, for the next shot at one or 205 pounds, excuse me. So, yeah, those are my answers on that one, OG. Thank you very much, my dude. All right. Let's get into our homie, the Doc. Doc, what do you got for us this week, dude? Doc says. Doc cool. says. Doc, Doc says. <laughs> Doc says, pretty cool to have a UFC champ that's not only been on your show, but is from our home state of Michigan. Preach. Who's another Rhino Gang fighter you think might win UFC gold one day? APB, you're going to like this one. Okay. okay. So, you know, there's there's several fighters who we've interviewed over the time who I'm like, this this kid or this young person has, like, really got the fucking goods to one day get there. So there are several. But if I've got to only pick one for the sake of this argument, for the sake of this question, I'm going with Adrian Dr. Pepper Yanez, baby. Yes. 5-0 in the UFC. 16-3 and overall. Just 29 years old, so he's got plenty of time to grow. Fucking, he has got the biggest test when he fights, uh, in, you know, in a, in a few months. I believe it's... um. In April, he is fighting Rob Font, also from the Rhino Gang, Rob Font. <laughs> and I think if he gets through Rob, which I don't know if he will or not, I will, we have a lot of time before I'm going to get into that. But if Adrian Nunes can get by somebody like Rob Font, who has fought for the title, who is one of the most top-tier guys at 135, Adrian Yanez, dude, he's the one. He's the one I've got to pick right now. I'm picking his name. Adrian Yanez at 135 pounds, baby. That's who I'm going with. You know how much we love him. He's the best. Um, yeah, that's my answer on that one. And really, really enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really enjoyed uh, that question getting into that. So thank you very much. Doc. All right. Let's get into our our motorcycle ride. Madman, the Dean dog. Dean, what do you got for us this week, dude? Dean says, so now that Moreno has regained the title and Figgy plans to go to (laughs) bantamweight, how do you think he'll do? And who's going to be the biggest challenger for Moreno? So I think Figgy will do well at 135 until he runs into that top four of contenders, those being Sugar Sean O'Malley, Piotr Jan, Chito Vera, and Mira Abdullah-Shavili. I think that those four guys would all beat him, not just because of the size, which would be a big difference, but they're just both, I'm sorry, not both, all four just really, really good, and I think a little bit better than Figgy, and I think they all beat him. So that's, yeah, that's that's my answer on that part. Um so, yeah, I, I hope they give him somebody like like the 10th-ranked guy or something, not the top four, because I think he'll lose right away. So, yeah, let's get him a couple wins, let him get used to the weight, and then see what he can do until he gets up to that top tier. And then as far as um, as far as far Brandon Moreno, dude, like I said with Jim's questions, Pantoja, he's the biggest threat. There is no question about it. He has beaten him twice. If you beat somebody twice in combat sports, including a finish, which he finished him on tough with a rear naked choke, if I'm not mistaken. You've got a real psychological advantage, dude. And so, yeah, it's 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 Cannibal Pantoja for sure. So those are my answers on that one, Dean Dog. I uh, hope you are feeling better, my dude. You know, we all love you. So thank you very much, Dean Dog. All right, 
Let's stick with our D names and go with our homie D. Crons from up in Canada way also. D. Crons, what do you got for us this week, dude? D. Crons says, why doesn't Lauren Murphy's corner like her? Jesus, <laughs> someone should have stopped that. <laughs> Next card seems a little lackluster. Give me a fight or two <coughs> that I may be overlooking other than the main and co-main that you want to see most. Well, like you and I talked about earlier, APB, her chief second is her husband. Okay, so he does like her, I'm sure. <laughs> and he does care about her. So what if he doesn't, though? And he's well, like, maybe I can just get her beat up. I don't want to get into that. <laughs> so I have to believe that he does, right? And I'm sure he loves her and he wants her to be okay. Um, she has to have made it clear beforehand out of the cage that she is not to have a fight stopped, even if she's losing badly, right? They're like, I am almost, I am 99% sure she was a said to her corner and to her husband, like, don't you ever stop a fight as long as I'm on my feet and trying don't stop the fight, even, even if I'm taking a beating, because she probably is of the belief that no matter what, she could pull off, even losing really badly, she could pull off a last-second sub or a KO. You know what I mean? Yeah, and she's yeah. tough as hell, too. So <clears throat> What a chin on her, dude. Like, holy yeah. shit. You know, yeah, there's no one who can fucking – a lot of people don't like her, and I get why. Um, but, you know, you cannot question her toughness. I would say this. It doesn't matter, you know, because people will have the, the counterpoint of, well, it doesn't matter what she wants. You should throw in the towel. You should stop it anyway. You got to protect them from themselves. I could see that in certain circumstances, but not last night. Um, she kept on, she kept on her feet. She kept moving forward. She, I don't know, dude. She probably was very specific and she did not want the fight stopped no matter what. So they let it go. And that's what happened there. Uh, I don't have a big problem with it. And then as far as like, the next fight, which again, until about an hour ago, I thought was next week, but <laughs> not, until the, not until February, the following week. Um, it's going even off versus Marcin Tybura. Then like, oh, Rano, you're showing your, your heavyweight fucking bias. Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, I fucking am. Uh, Lagoy Ivanov and Marcin Tybura, they're both really, really strong, but kind of light on your feet fighters. Lagoy likes to dig in more. Marcin likes to press up against the cage, land big knees and elbows. I think it's a recipe for violence. So I've got Lagoy Ivanov versus Marcin Tybura really be, having the potential to put on a really fun, um, violent fight besides the main and co-main. So yeah, dude, that's my answer on that one. And yes. I don't care if my heavyweight bias ever shows again because I don't mind because it's awesome and I love them. And all right, so <laughs> let's, let's go ahead and get into our next one, which comes from our homie Brian from the Home and Sale. Holster, what do you got for us this week, dude? Um, Brian says, Rhino, we went to the meat market together yesterday and got tons of good stuff. What did you end up cooking for the fight night menu? I know the meat market was very exciting to you. you I know. I even wrote about it. I wrote about it in our group chat. I was like, guys, I'm going to the meat market. It's going to be fucking great. I was so stoked. And, like, it's one of those deals where it's far enough away where you can't go very often. Yeah. It's, like, not too far away where it's, you know, it's going to ruin your whole day. Take mm -hmm. your whole day. So, yeah, me and the holster, we loaded up yesterday. We loaded up the wagons and headed on down to the to the meat market there. And it was just so crowded and crazy. But, like, this place is just, like, carnivore nirvana, dude. <laughs> there is every meat of every kind and, like, so inexpensive comparatively to everywhere else. And so, yeah, I loaded up on ground sirloin. I loaded up on uh, New York strip steaks. I loaded up on chicken wings. All kinds of great shit. So, I didn't want to have just one thing when I was watching the fights last night. So, I made <laughs> chicken wings with, uh, like, a, like, a spicy honey mustard sauce. Yeah. Of course, when I have wings, I love to have celery and carrots on the side, right? Oh, that's so I good. Did that. 
Yeah, I always like because you know it gives you a little break in between the meats, right? It gives you a little break, it gives you a little yeah. nutrition if you need will. some crunch. fiber to push. Right, it right, out. right. A little, little, little crunchification. So then I fucking had a burger patty because I wanted to try the burger that I got, and uh, I loaded it up with Mrs. Dash. You know what I'm saying? Put a little barbecue glaze on over, so I'd had the wings and then the carrots and the, the celery. But then I had like a big burger patty. <clears throat> without a bond just you know, i just wanted more of the meat <laughs> so um yeah so that's what i did it was it was it was a very meat heavy delicious awesome dinner while i was watching the really fun fights last night so yeah that's what i got so holman that was awesome dude thank you very much all right now apb we have not only one but two voice questions one the first one comes from our homie ty the fly guy from front kicks and throw cuddles ty what do you got for us this week dude Hey, Rhino, it is Ty from the Front Kicks and Throw Cuddles podcast, also a Denver Broncos loving fanatic, which sadly they didn't have a good season. Um, it's been a while, so I hope everyone here is doing well. My question for you this week is, now that Moreno, the king of the flyweight division, has regained his throne, what um, UFC flyweight do you think poses the biggest problem for Moreno's um, title reign? Let me know what you think. As always, I love the show, and I'll catch you later. Peace. So I talked about this some in the OG's question, right? Like, dude, without question, next for Moreno should be Alexander Pantoja. He is ranked number two. He is 25-5. and The Cannibal has two wins over our current champion, Brandon Moreno. He choked him out in the tough ring and then he beat him again on the UFC by unanimous decision so you know like I said the narrative becomes can Brandon Moreno beat this guy and there's there's like a fun backstory that could be made from it so yeah for me dude Ty it is definitely Alexander Pantoja the cannibal and Brandon Moreno assassin baby that's kind of a fun way to putting it the assassin baby versus the cannibal you know <laughs> like 1970s pro wrestling or something but uh yeah dude I think that's gonna be a great fight I really look forward to it so that is my answer on that one so Ty the fly guy thank you very much my dude all right let's get into our next voice question which comes from the juicy fruit baby Juicy Fruit Baby from Friendly Sparring Pod. What do you got this week, dude? What's up, Rhino? You know who this is and what I do. I got kind of a question out of left field about last night's fights. It might be a, it was going to be a two-parter. I'm not sure if I'm going to fit it all into one. Um, regarding Paul Craig, right? So we always say, hey, Paul Craig, if you're going to be the jujitsu guy, you got to either learn some striking to fill in the gaps and get the entries right, or you got to learn some wrestling. But he got knocked the fuck out going for a single leg, you know, like rather than pull guard. He actually tried to wrestle. So, like, is that bad for him? I don't know. What are your recommendations for Paul Craig? Like, is it get better at the wrestling or is it get better at striking or both? Let me hear your thoughts. Also, yeah, I'm definitely going to be able to fit this into one. This is just kind of uh, out of nowhere. Did you think it looked like Johnny Walker wanted to fuck DC in the post-fight interview, dude? He was like, very much inspiration for me. You could have champ champ. I just, no, dude, the energy. So it's, it's the striking, dude. Paul Craig's striking has not improved hardly at all when you have a, a weapon like his jujitsu and you are able to submit people the way that he is it's incredible and it is such a valuable weapon to have it, he's tough as hell too we've seen him take a lot of beatings and be able to pull off late submissions i don't understand why someone who is as tall and athletic as he is has such a, a rudimentary um 
level of striking. It just has not seemed to improve. He's been in the UFC for like 10 years, dude. Like, we're not talking about a young kid just kind of figuring his way out. No, no, no. This is Paul Craig. He's been around a long time. He is a really tough dude. He is a fantastic jiu-jitsu fighter. You have got to strike your way in to then implement your jiu-jitsu. Uh, th- this guy could throw really good kicks, I think, if he really worked on him. I think he'd be a strong puncher. Like I said, he's athletic. He's big. He's strong. He's well-built. This dude has got an intensity about him. Focus every year, whole next camp, just focus on striking. I mean, really. Make it like 85% striking and 15% jiu-jitsu and grab playing. And that's, yeah, that's what I feel about that one, dude, for sure. And as far as the second part of your question, no, I do not think Johnny Walker wants to bang DC. I think he's just a big fan of his. And they had a little <laughs> bit of a moment last night. And that's all that was. So, yes, that's my answer on that one. Uh, thank you very much, Juicy Fruit, baby. All right, we have finished our, our awesome Q&A uh, for today's episode. So let's go ahead and get into our 10 rounds of Rhino with uh, LFA lightweight Manny the Dragon Muro after a quick word from our sponsor, KR Designs. Hey, Rhino gang, are you looking for a piece of furniture to tie the room together? Maybe make it feel a little bit more homey? How about a beautifully restored dresser for the bedroom or an end table for the family room? We'll look no further than my good friends at KR Designs. You got a piece of furniture that needs restoration? They got you covered. Looking for a new addition to your home decor that's already been beautifully done? They got you there, too. We're talking dressers, armoires, kitchen tables, cabinets, nightstands, any and all wood furniture you can think of, they've got or can get for you. So check out K&R Designs in-store at 101 West Chicago Boulevard in Tecumseh, Michigan, or on their website, knrcustomdesigns.com. Check out their Facebook page, K&R Home Deco, that's D-E-C-O, to see everything they have and the amazing work that they can do. You can also call and order at 517-605-7173. They accept PayPal, Venmo, Square, Cash, Check. They accept them all. So if you want the absolute best of the best and restorative wood furniture creators, you got to check out K&R Designs. Tell them you're a member of the Rhino Gang, and that'll get you 20% off your very first purchase. Once again, check out K&R Designs, Combat Sports with Rhino's proud sponsor. Oh, Fight Fam, we got ourselves another fantastic guest going 10 rounds of Rhino today. LFA lightweight veterans veteran, Manny the Dragon Murrow. Manny, thank you so much for joining us today, sir. Oh, thank you, Rhino, brother. Thank you for having me on, brother. Humbled and honored to uh, to join you today. Oh, the honor is all mine, my dude, I assure you. So basically, homie, the first round with Rhino is all the same for the fighters I interview. I never get tired of I love the origin story. What's it like? How did you first get involved in this crazy, wacky world of MMA, dude? Man, I, I was a uh, I was a track and cross country and basketball, uh, you know, participant, and uh, I got into college and started getting a little bit out of shape, and and I just I've, I've always wanted to compete, you know what I mean, just athletic, and and so I kept hearing about this sport of MMA and how it's a great way to get in shape and everything, and I just I walked into the gym, started doing jujitsu. And the guys that I was training with that I was beating in the gym were taking their amateur fights and, and winning pretty easily. And I was just like, man, like, I, I wonder if I should give this a try. And so I took my first fight and, you know, the success just kind of snowballed effect. And, man, you know, we just almost 13 years later, we're, we're right here visiting with you. Good, sir. 
Oh, dude, that's so awesome. I love it. Now, your your next scrap is an LFA 152 that's going to be on February 10th, which at the time we're recording this is about three weeks away. I, I know every camp is different, Manny. I was in a million of them. You've had a million of them. Every camp is different. Is there a focal point for this upcoming fight that you've really tried to work on, or is it kind of like you're just trying to level up everywhere across the board, dude? Man, you know, honestly, just coming in just nasty shape. Just, na- okay. just nasty, nasty shape, you know. Um, I, what, you know, it, uh, as most people have know, I've really, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Mexican, Puerto Rican and, and Native American. And one thing about that I've really noticed that I've just naturally, uh, had a blessing given on me is my endurance. I don't come out very muscular. You know, I've never been just shredded. I'm not, I, you know, I kind of like people, they, they kind of laugh at me the way I look. I don't really look like your regular fighter. But when you get in there and 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 I fight, I'm just a dog and I can just go like, you know, I just the longer the fight goes, the more I can go, you know. And so that's just been my focus. I know Will, he's a uh, you know, he's a dog himself. I know he's a wrestler, you know what I mean? And so, like, I just I just want to go over there and just drown him. You know what I mean? Honestly, for sure, dude. Now, that's 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 a really good way of looking at it as far as like. You know, the physique does not necessarily beget what kind of performance you're going to have. And people, I think, are learning that as as time goes on. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't matter. You don't have to have all the muscles. You don't got to be ripped up and shredded every time to have really good endurance. So, yeah, Yeah. that's that's absolutely true, dude. So, you are 20 pro fights over the last, you know, eight years or so of your career. Um, You're definitely a true veteran of the sport. We've all seen a progression in a lot of different aspects of MMA. But for you, having been in the sport for as long as you have, what's like? What's one thing you kind of seen either evolve or become different from when it started over your past? I don't know, eight or nine years of being a pro in this game. Just in me personally, or just in the game in general? In the in the game in general, my guy. Uh, man, you know, honestly, man, it's just uh, I I think I I love how how the grappling and ground and pound has been embraced. You know, like a lot of your novice fans you know, are, you know, they see grappling and they're just like, stand them up. It's boring, this and that. But I think the cool thing that like, uh, that like Khabib and, and others, you know, Kamaru Usman and, and others like that, that have made ground and pound, you know, very, a, a dangerous aspect of the sport. You know, it's just like, if, if, if somebody can take you down and manhandle you and you can't do nothing about it, but you know what I mean? Just get beat up. That's on you to, to get up, you know, as a, as a competitor. And I think more people are starting to do that from my end. And that's how I fight. I'm a, I'm a grinder. I'm a grappler. I'm a, you know what I mean? I'm just going to sit there and just, just drag you into the trenches. And so of course, naturally I love that, but I think more people are, are, uh, are welcoming and opening their eyes to the grappling part of it, you know? hundred percent dude and you're absolutely right and i also i'm right on board with you i feel like even just three or four years ago there are certain submissions that people tried that were always working and now don't work anymore you know yes, what i'm saying sir. or you got to yeah. catch them really you got to be perfect for it to yeah. work but there's so many more ways of people getting out of things and you're right it's the ground progression i totally am on board with you on that now dude from 2019 to 2022 you went four and one in Bellator, including your last fight in April. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just laughing because it's kind of like it's kind of bittersweet about the whole situation. Well, I kind of, you know, you can only you'll only say what you feel comfortable saying, my guy. But it is unusual 
to go four and one in a promotion and then switch promotions after a win. Um, what, if anything, can you kind of tell us about what prompted that move? I have no idea. <laughs> I, I have no idea. Let me tell you something, man. And, and if anybody's living, listening to the bosses, you know, nobody uh, uh, catches it. I have nothing but love for everything about Bellator. If they came to me with another deal, I would jump on it wholeheartedly. I, from the owner, Mr. Coker, Mr. Kogan, uh, Mr. Rich Chow, uh, uh, so on and so on. Everybody in the promotion, they were like family to me. They were like literally, you know what I mean? You like you become really close with everybody in the promotion, and literally. I, I want to tell you something, Rhino. This is so crazy. Do you know that the combined record of all my five opponents in Bellator was 60 and 11? Jeez. 60 and 11. They weren't handing me fights. They were giving me dogs. And I was I was coming out victorious. And the only person that, that beat me is the current Bellator lightweight champion. Right. The only person. I, I, I'm as baffled as you are. I, I, you know, I, I, I'm a big believer in Jesus Christ. My faith is everything about me. And there, I, I've gotten to the point in this part of my life, you know, I'm 36 years old. Life has shown me that God has a reason for everything. I don't, it's not my job to understand everything. You know, that's, I, I, I have no understanding. All I can do is is try and claw my way back up to Bellator UFC and LFA's the great promotion for that. I, I appreciate them giving me an opportunity, but like I said, my my goal right now is to fight at the highest level. I'm a world class martial artist, Rhino. Hundred percent, hundred percent, you are, dude. And and I say that in such a humbling way. I've been in the trenches. I've trained with the best. I've learned from the best. And my goal is just to get back up there. And it just so happens that Mr. Will Starks is in the way of me achieving my goal again. So, therefore, I have to take it head on. Absolutely, dude. That's a great way to look at it. And, again, I don't want to belabor the point. I don't want to keep uh, picking at this, you know, at this scab or anything. It just, from my own perspective, from someone who stayed at that LFA level the whole time, you going four and one in what's usually considered the next tier down promotion in the entire world and only losing to Nurmika Madoff is like, dude, the, the, what 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 are we doing over here? <laughs> you know what I mean? You have, such a talent, you have such a talented veteran who's looking to fucking, uh, you know, who's looking to ascend the ladder, and, and and it just doesn't make any sense just from the outside looking in. And so I'm glad you kind of feel that way. I'm sorry that that's what's happening, but you're right. That, you know, you'll go out there and get this nice LFA win, and then maybe they give you another one, maybe get another shot. We'll see. But you're right, dude. I think they give a great outlook on it as well. So. We're going to move on to something a little lighter fare this time, my guy. So, yes, sir. Yes, sir. As far, as far as trading goes, usually, for most of us, music plays a big part in that. Um, whether it's when we're doing our road work, we got the I, you know, we got the iTunes going, we got a playlist together on YouTube, whatever it is. What is the dragon listening to these days? Man, you know what? I, uh, I, I, I just reached open my own dojo right i just opened my own uh dojo in chickasha oklahoma and and you know on the days to where we grapple i like to i like it being fluid just flowing and so one thing that i like to do when i'm listening when i'm training jujitsu is uh i like to listen to reggae i like oh, to nice. listen to yeah one thing i really at my time in jackson wink man uh 
you know, Bo- Johnny Bones Jones would come in with his crew and they would train like late at night from like maybe like eight to 10 or something like that. And he'd be in there hitting pads and he'd be just blasting Bob Marley. And I was just like, I've always <laughs> been a Bob Marley fan. And I just remembered he would just, I'm talking about anytime Bones is training, he would always be blasting Bob Marley. And I just really took that from him, man. Cause I was just, I, I see why he does it, man. It's just flowing. It's just, you know, it's the love, it's the, the peace, the joy, you know what I mean? Like, like, like mixed martial arts is, it, it's a fight, you know, you're in the furnace, you know, you're sharpening your sword, you know, it's, it's, it's Bushido. And, and I think making it fluid and flowing and, and being lighthearted about the situation and keeping the energy high, it makes, it makes it easier to come in and be in the trenches day in and day out. Uh, that's that, yeah, that's fucking amazing, dude. Now, it's funny is that I used to kind of chop it up depending on what I was doing. So if I'm hitting mitts or I was hitting bags, it was metal, just straight up, you know, metal. Yeah. And then, <laughs> you know, and then if I was riding a bike, I, I hated riding a bike. I hated anything cardio. That was always the thing I just didn't like to do at all. So I would put something real, you know, real smooth and real like mellow on it. But yeah, I think I think that's a great idea as far as going with reggae for something like jujitsu because you're right, it really sets a vibe, yeah. sets a tone, yeah. sets a mood. I, I totally could see that, my guy. So, dude, we've talked about your career already. We have talked about some music. We talked about some other things, but away from the cage, away from training, away from the MMA world, what are some things that you like to do, man, just to kind of chill and relax? Man, you know, honestly, man, my life's my it's to a lot of people Rhino, it's it's probably really like boring and probably like just like, man, this dude's lame. But like like for me, it's real simple. I'm either serving at the church involved in, you know, my faith, like I said, is everything, my faith and my family. If I if I'm not training, I I want to either serve at the church or be at the church or, or you know, grow spiritually or I want to just love on my family, man. I'm just, you know, like I said, as a young man, I kind of messed up and, and made a lot of mistakes and, and missed the mark on a lot of life. And so what what um, just life has taught me and martial arts as well, uh, it's taught me to, to cherish what really matters. You know, like if I can go into a short story, one thing that really, really, uh, Early on in my pro career, I went through a rough patch. I think I got knocked out like three times in a row. You know, I was really cutting corners. And the last time I got took about seven or eight illegal elbows to the back of my head. And I, when they took me to the back, I was falling asleep. And they had to rush me to the emergency room because they thought I was hemorrhaging in, the, in my head. And I just remember being in the emergency room and my wife, my beautiful wife, Courtney, crying. And it wasn't my coaches. It wasn't my training partners. It wasn't my fans, Rhino. It was my beautiful queen standing beside me. And that's why I I want to, if I'm not training, if I'm not on this journey right here, I am giving them my time because they are the ones that deserve it. You know what I mean? Absolutely, dude. And that was, you know, that's not boring. That's not, you know, that's not something you can listen to and be like, oh, it's kind of lame. Nah, dude, that's fucking beautiful, first of all. It's as real life as it possibly gets. And and that's something that people need to hear And that, from a fighter. That's why we do these 10 rounds, bro. That's why I kind of do this, because we want to see the, the other side of it. You know what I'm saying? The real side behind the curtain, you know, some real life shit. And that's, that's exactly what that was. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. Now, we're going to get into yes, one sir. thing that we can all agree on, Manny. And that is when... We are talking about what we're going to eat after the fight. 
when we've been cutting down, we've been dieting down, we've been taking out some things of our diet that we really love but we can't have. But then after the fight's over, after the win, you're out with the friends, the family, and the teammates. What are you going to throw down on, dude, and where are you getting it from? Shout out to Buffalo Wild Wings, my guy. I am going <laughs> to go over there and do work. You work. know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. bro. Yeah, man. It's it's. Uh, I've uh, I've uh, man. I, I I'm gonna be real transparent with you. So here recently, I really struggled alcohol in my life. You know, and uh, I this new year, I told myself, you know, I, I'm not one that be- believes big in resolutions. But I, I really thought it was fitting at this season of my life. And I told myself, I'm going to set the alcohol aside. And and so I, you know, I, for me right now is just kind of just being clean, being healthy in my body. But but right after the fight, bro, I probably I might have like probably like maybe a blue moon or something. You know what I mean? And just mostly sure. just wings, wings and fried pickles, my guy. If you don't know about it, please try oh, it. Oh, I know. Oh, I know all about it, my brother. I know all. <laughs> uh, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, uh, I've never had the buff. I never had the the, the fried pickles of Buffalo Wild Wings, but I've certainly had them. Uh, there's a restaurant here outside of Detroit uh, where that has like a Chipotle ranch that yeah. comes with them, and so yeah, yeah and they're they're spectacular. So oh, no, yeah. I'm totally aboard. Some people shit on Buffalo Wild Wings, but I love it. I've always hey, loved I, it, and I'm going to keep on loving it. I don't care what. Hey, my, my man, shout out to Buffalo Wild Wings if they want to sponsor the Dragon. Yes, sponsor the Dragon and sponsor the Rhino, dude. We'll hey, my man, the Rhino. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. shit, that's so funny. Manny, dude, we have careened our way into the 10th round, which is just the easiest round of them all. Just share your social medias with us so my friends, my friends, my I said my friends twice. My friends, my fans, the homies of the Rhino Gang can all fucking follow along. We can take tabs on you on your career moving forward. So just share your social medias with us, dude. Um, at Instagram, brother, I am at Kiowa, K-I-O-W-A, Dragon. Kiowa Dragon at Instagram. And then on Facebook, I have a page, Manny the Dragon Muro. I appreciate all the love. I appreciate all the support. Without the fans, I, uh, I'm i not even able to do this. So much love to all the fans and supporters. Hell yeah, dude. We are all super stoked to watch you compete once again. It's at LFA 152 on UFC Fight Pass, February 10th. Manny, the Dragon Moro, we are so stoked you were able to come on tonight, dude. We really appreciate you. We'll talk yes, at sir. you very soon. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. This is Manny, the Dragon Moro, and I just went 10 rounds with Rhino. Manny, that was such a great conversation, dude. We really, really appreciate you taking the time. And again, <clears throat> I hope you get into this LFA cage and, and kick ass and get back into Bellator where you were 4-1 and one and have no like logical reason why you're not there right now. So, yeah, I hope you get back into Bellator after this LFA fight and make some real noise at 155 pounds, my dude. All right. So, once again, thank you, Manny. So let's get in our shout-outs and our Outdoor Tour Forum contributors to the Rage of Sweet Potato, to the OG Jim Asoon, to my homie the Doc, to the motorcycle ride madman the Dean Dog, to my homie D. Crons, to Brian from the Home and Sale, to Ty the Fly Guy from Front Kicks and Throat Cuddles, to Juicy Fruit Baby from the Friendly Sparring Pod, to our girl APB for co-hosting, to my man's Kairos, to our girl Brett, to Tom and Sandy, to Fabian the Man of Mayhem, to all my underdog MMA peeps, to my dude, Chisanga, Pamela, all the ladies of the PRG and Juice, 
<laughs> to the filthy casual, to Miss Fight Diva, to Jamal, the son of Thomas McTavish clan, otherwise known as Cyrus King. Check him out on Combat Corner. To our girl, Tempting Tori. To, of course, my Rhino Gang GC, who I love and appreciate so much. To the feature player, Drea. To the best engineer in the biz, D Reigns. To our brand new graphic designer, Jay, which you can find at JMMA4. He does a phenomenal job. He's our he's our new graphic designer. He does a great he did a great poster for us for this week for Manny. Make sure you check him out at JMMA on Twitter. Sorry, at JMMA4. So that's J-A-Y Capital MMA4 on Twitter. And then if you are into uh, UFC gaming, definitely check out his YouTube channel, which is uh, at JMMA on YouTube. All kinds of uh, great UFC video game content on there. Really, really talented young man. And we are so glad to welcome you into the family, Jay. Thank you very much, my dude. Big shout out to, of course, Dave Frantz, our inside of graphic design for all you ever did for us. We love you, buddy. And we're so glad you're going to stay part of the Rhino gang. As we love to say around here, love is greater than hate. And we will see you next week. Gate side!